are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. You know, we just did that, uh, that dedication this morning, and I just love kids. You know, I just, it's amazing how many times they just speak and come up with ingenious things. And how many times they just make you laugh and so hard that you're crying. You know, this last week we were sitting around the, uh, kitchen, uh, the kitchen dinner table and we're having, we're having supper. And um, Mackenzie was telling me this story about when they went to Shoppers Drug Mart that they saw these Pez dispensers. And she says, you know, Dad, there was these princess Pez dispensers. And I said to Liberty, I said, Liberty, which one would you like? And Liberty kept kind of chiming in trying to finish the story. But it's kind of like, Liberty, you know what, just Mackenzie's talking. Don't, don't cut her off. So she kind of c- continue, and then Mackenzie says, and Avador, all these beautiful princesses were there. Liberty says, I want the ugly green frog. I guess there was one with a little green frog on there. So we just kind of said, okay, like, no big deal. And then we, I, I, I turned to Liberty. I said, now, Liberty, would you like to tell your version of the story? So she basically tells us the same thing with the emphasis on, at the end, she goes, well, I would like the little green frog. And she went like that. And then her mom was there, and Lucas was there as well. So we just went with it. I just said, so, Cindy, what is your version of this story? So then Cindy went and told her version of the story. And then we said, now, Lucas, what is your version of the story? And all of a sudden, when Lucas started speaking, the whole story changed. (laughs) You know, Lucas says, well, I was just walking through Shopper's Drug Mart, and I was starting to feel cool about myself. When mom yelled across the Shopper's Drug Mart floor, hey, Lukey Bear. And we were laughing so hard that we were crying and just having such a great time about this conversation. You know, something, as we get older, I I think something in life changes maybe a little bit. I wonder if we lose some of that mystery, maybe. Maybe we lose some of the wonder. You know, I, I don't know about you, but, but if my, one of my kids say, hey, Dad, let's play, my, my answer to that is, what do you want to play? Because I have to have a plan. Well, let's play. Well, what do you want to play? I don't know. Let's just play. And they go on the floor, and they play. And it's like, that's so boring. Like, let's, let's build a Lego thing, or, or let's... Let's make some kind of a game like freeze tag that there's rules and and we can follow that. Then we can know whether we're playing it right or whether we're not. But for kids, they don't need to have the structure. They don't need to have the rules. They know how to go on an empty floor and play and have a great time doing it. Matthew 18 verse 3 says, Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. That there is a powerful statement. For we want to walk in maturity as believers and not remain as childs. But we do want to remain, keep and hold dear to that childlike faith. 
where we understand that Easter is not about a bunny, but it's about the resurrection of a Savior. It's, it, it's, it's about us as men and women of God having a Savior who went to the cross for us so we get to experience and walk in true freedom. Man, I, I believe that so many Christians are walking around with their heads down and, and they're just walking uh, like they're baptized in pickle juice instead of the Holy Spirit. And God is like, that's not what I died for. I died for you to have life and life abundantly. There's something special about this season. Not to the tradition, not the egg hunt, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that he went to great measure to get to know him personally. Let me just take a brief moment and set a stage for you. Jesus died on the cross. He's taken down. He's placed in the tomb. Mary goes and visits the tomb when she notices that the stone is rolled away. Jesus is gone. Fear, fear grips her heart. What happens to Jesus? So she runs and gets the disciples. And let's pick up the story in John chapter 20. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stopped and looked in. She saw the two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, he said, if you have taken him away, tell me, where have you put him? And I'm going to go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples, told them, I've seen the Lord then she gave him this message. See, in verse 16 there, Mary is so upset. She thinks that Jesus is the gardener. She's weeping. She's like, where have you put him? I'll go get him. And then all of a sudden, Jesus speaks one thing. And that's her name. Mary. And when he said her name, she, she instantly knew who he was. Do you know that this same man who beat death and rose again, revealing himself to Mary, also knows your name? The Bible tells us in Matthew 10, 29, what is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. So for just a few moments, I want us to ponder this. What does it mean when Jesus calls our name? You know, maybe you're here this morning and it's just, it's their tradition to go to church on Easter Sunday. And you're like, you know what, I'm just going because that's what we did when we were kids and and, and, and I go, and I know that God is someone up there, but I don't, really, I don't really know who he is. Do you know that God knows who you are? 
In fact, in Psalms 139, it tells us that He saw us being formed in utter seclusion in the darkness of the womb. Where can I go to get away from the Spirit of God? If I go to the heavens, He is there. If I go down to the depths of the earth, He is there. Your thoughts about me, God, they're innumerable. They outnumber the grains of sand. And oh, how well I know it. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, knows your name. And He's calling you this morning. Son, daughter, come walk with me. I believe that when we understand that Jesus knows our name, it means three things. Number one, it confirms the resurrection. See, for Mary was present at the cross. She saw what the soldiers did to him. She witnessed the gruesomeness of the cross. There was no doubt in her mind that he had perished. We know that he took lashes on the cross. We know that he had the cat and nine tails, which was a nasty weapon with chunks of bone in it meant to not only make marks, but go into the flesh and be pulled and just rip, uh, rip it out. We know that he was punched, kicked, spat upon, humiliated, that he hung on the cross, and that he committed his spirit to the Lord. He was dead. This is so important for us to understand, for this is what sets us apart from any other religions. We don't worship someone in a grave or in a tomb, but the tomb was empty on Resurrection Sunday. See, I know church is so important. And as a youth pastor for 12 years, one of the things that you kind of hear is, you know what, you have people who kind of, it's very clicky. You know, I have people who are my friends, and these people like these people, and these people like th those people. And I thought when I got out of youth ministry that it would change, but it doesn't change. I've had people say, well, I just don't, this is primarily a younger congregation. I feel old, and I just don't connect here. It's like, no, we need one another. We need the older to instruct the younger. We need the younger to, to, to be able to spurn on the elders. We are a family. And that is what is going to be set before us for eternity. Friendship for me was important. I remember in high school I had some great friends, lifelong friends, and we were walking down the streets of Toronto, and it was about midnight, and we decided that we wanted to, we were playing some games down in the basement, and we decided that we wanted to go for some pizza. So we went for a walk, and we walked up the pizza store, and we had a slice of pizza, then we were walking home, and the three of us were walking, and all of a sudden, a police officer drove by, and he stopped. He looks at us really slow. Three teenagers walking downtown Toronto. This is not a good thing. So he's just walking at us. I turn to my friends. I go, run. And we just took off running. So he throws the lights on, and he comes after us, and we stop. And uh, he's like, what you guys run for? And we're like, oh, it was just for fun. He's like, oh, that was funny, was it? So all of a sudden, two more police officers come sailing around the corner. And they throw us in the back of the police cars, and they start roughing us up and saying, you know what, we find this fun. And they're, they're doing this for us. And I found out that all of a sudden, all the three officers came on me, and they started giving me the hardest time. I'm like, I can't figure that out. And I found out that my two friends, they were asking, so whose idea was it to run? And they both said it was Lance's. They turned on me like this, my good friends. But you know what? 
I learned a lesson from that. I learned that when there's a lie involved, that our friends will turn tail and run. But when we look in here, and we look at the whole resurrection of Jesus Christ and the validity of it, do you know that every single one of Jesus' disciples except John died a horrible death in the name of Christ? Not one of them turned tail. Not one of them said, this is not true. Not one of them says, yes, our whole life is based on a lie. That tells me that there's substance there. Because I believe that if there was a lie there, that at least one of them would turn and say, no, 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 don't kill me. My life is important. I, I want to live. But every one of them stayed hard and stayed the course for Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus is the most important and the most pivotal event in human history. And what we believe about the resurrection is the most crucial decision that we'll ever make. In his letter to the church at Corinth, here's what the Apostle Paul had to say about the importance of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, 16, it says, For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Your sins are still your sins. Jesus knew the name of Mary. Jesus knows our name. And this day we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. That is life because in that we get freedom. We get freedom from sins. We have freedom from darkness. And Christ has set us free. The second thing that it does is it creates a new relationship. I don't know about you, but if I were Jesus... Wouldn't it have been better if he revealed himself to the biggest crowd in town saying, look, it's me? You know, if I was Jesus, maybe I'd go before Pilate and say, oh, you should have listened to your wife. You just made the biggest mistake in the world. Maybe I would have been, went before Caesar and said, you know what? This whole Roman Empire is going to go down because you didn't listen to me. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went to individuals. He went to Mary. I think he's trying to make a point. When he called Mary's name, he's saying that every person has worth in his sight. No matter how well the person is, no matter what he, his or her background is, no matter whether he's male, female, in the eyes of the world, there's nothing significant about Mary. But in the eyes of Jesus, she was significant because he created her to have fellowship with him. See, Jesus is all about relationship. Jesus wants to meet you right now wherever you are. Are you a millionaire this morning? God wants to have a relationship with you. Do you not have two pennies to rub together? God wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus died for every one of us. Jesus rose again. He's risen. This morning, he would like to change the way of thinking. He truly wants you to be everything. See, I'm not going to lie to you this morning. So many people will say that, you know what, when you are a Christian, everything is going to be smooth sailing. That is not the truth. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Why is that important? Because you know what? We're going to have troubles in this world, but we have somebody who's going to walk through them with us. You might be alone and feel all by yourself, but you are never alone. Jesus is always with us, pouring life and life abundantly into each one of us. Jesus is our rock. That's where we get our hope from. That's where we get our love from. That's where we get our acceptance from. Have you been in that place where you feel alone? 
Jesus wants to fix that, for the Bible tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he will walk with us in those dark places to bring resolve to our spirits. And finally, it requires a response. See, Mary, she could have chose to ignore Jesus. When all of a sudden Jesus said Mary, she could be like, oh, no, 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 that's not Jesus. That was just, that's just me because I miss him so much I hear his voice. That, you know what, that, it's impossible for this to be Jesus. There's no way that Jesus is speaking to me because he's dead. I saw him die. She could have walked in that place and, and chose to say, you know what, Jesus? I don't even love you anymore. You died and you left me. So I'm so angry with you. I'm so bitter about what you've done that I don't want anything to do with you. She could have rejected him. Even if she believed that this was really Jesus and he was alive, she could have just rejected that he meant uh, what, uh, that, uh, that meant for her life and just keep living with him without her, in, any influence. But Mary chose to embrace Jesus. Although Mary certainly didn't understand everything at this point, based on what she made a decision to embrace Jesus and follow him. And this morning, Jesus is calling our names. He's confirmed to you in your heart about the resurrection. He's calling you to enter new relationship with him, and he's calling you to respond to his invitation. Like Mary, you have several choices to make this morning. You could choose to ignore it. You could choose to ignore him as he calls your name and just go on living the way that you're living. You can choose to doubt Jesus this morning. Ah, you know what? I feel this pulling in my heart, but it's just probably me. You could choose not to believe that the mountain of biblical and historical evidence that Jesus rose from the grave and that the first Easter morning so that you can have a personal relationship with him. You can even reject Jesus and have a person, and uh, uh, you can even reject Jesus this morning. Even though you believe in the resurrection and you believe that it provides the means of a relationship with God, you're just like, you know, God, that offer's not for me. Or this morning, we can choose to embrace him. You can say, Jesus, I believe in the resurrection. I believe that you provided the way for me to have a relationship with God. I want to embrace you and accept the gift for you today. Here's what Jesus has to say about those who embrace him when he calls their name. My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. This morning I want to invite you to listen to the Spirit of God. Let this Easter not just be another tradition, but let this Easter mark a day in the, cal in the, in the calendar where it's like, Lord, today I walk with you in a whole new level of understanding. For God, you're not just some God up here, but God, you're a God that I've invited to walk with me every single day. It's, it's getting to that place where we say, Lord, I don't want to live for myself anymore, but God, I need you. And I need you every single moment. Would you just take a moment this morning and just bow your head and close your eyes with me? I just ask that everybody just remain with your eyes closed just to honor this as a sacred moment. 
And I'm asking you that question this morning. Do you know Jesus? Not just know of him, but do you really know him because he knows you? And this morning, he's calling your name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.